Hello, everybody. My name is Chad, founder of ConformToJesus.com, where the mission and goal is to help Christians share the gospel and strengthen their faith through Bible commentary, devotionals, theology, and poetry for the glory of God. To read my articles, you can visit my website at ConformToJesus.com. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be going back to Romans and modern Bible commentary, Romans chapter 4, and we'll be using the World English Bible translation because it came about in order to provide a complete translation of the Bible in modern English that can provide unrestricted free posting on the internet and also be freely copied without written permission from the publisher or payment of royalties. Thank you so much that this commentary, this Uh, God's word is freely distributed because God's word does not return void and he is it is a free gift just like our salvation so let us now begin in Romans chapter 4 beginning in verses 1 through 3 what then will we say that Abraham our forefather has found according to the flesh for if Abraham was justified by works he has something to boast about but not toward God For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. The righteousness of God does not come from obedience to the law, for it's clear that all have sinned and fall short of the standard God requires. No one except Jesus has been able to follow the law perfectly. So because the human race is guilty, there is no room for boasting. All our righteousness pales in comparison to the righteousness of Christ, and that's why our hope and faith in the risen Savior is all that matters. When Abraham believed God, it was counted to him as righteousness. Does this mean that the law is nullified by faith? Of course not. As Paul reiterated in the last chapter, faith upholds the law. Jesus told us that if we love him, we will obey his commands. So faith without obedience is no faith at all. Let us read Romans chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. Now to him who works, the reward is not counted as grace, but as something owed. But to him who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also pronounces blessing on the man to whom God counts righteousness apart from works, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord will by no means charge with sin. Once again, Paul focuses on the importance of faith. Our faith is what counts as righteousness, not our obedience. At the same time, this does not mean lawlessness is okay. On the day of judgment, God says to those who called him Lord, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. That means that they were lawless people, Matthew chapter 7, verse 23. And lawless people do not inherit the kingdom of God. When Paul quotes from King David, it's important to emphasize the word forgiven. Forgiveness implies the person was reaching out to God for mercy. In 1 John 1, 9, scripture teaches this conditional statement. If, if we confess our sins, then God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Does that mean we must repent and acknowledge our sin in order to be saved by faith? Yes, absolutely. Once again, faith is not absent 
from conviction or obedience. It's just that obedience does not save us. Only faith in Jesus can do that. And the book of James makes this truth even clearer. What good is it, he says, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but not works? Can that faith save him? This rhetorical question assumes you know the answer is no, it cannot, unless it's producing works, because good faith and righteousness, that kind of faith will lead to uh, a work of, of righteousness. Let us read now Romans chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Is this blessing then pronounced on the uncircumcised or on the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it counted? When he was in circumcision or in circum uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. He received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while he was in uncircumcision, that he might be the father of all those who believe, though they might be in uncircumcision, that righteousness might also be accounted to them. He is the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had in uncircumcision. There are biblical scholars today who would argue this verse petitions for regeneration preceding faith. In other words, one is born again or saved before they come to saving faith. Additionally, faith precedes one's actions as well. <clears throat> But is this what Paul is articulating here in this letter written to the Roman believers? I think there's some truth. I do believe that faith precedes our action. For example, in Romans 10, 17, the Apostle Paul states, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Romans 10, 17. Next, one's faith propels them towards good works because the fruit of the Spirit now lives within them. So, a believer proves their faith by their works, but it is faith alone in Christ that saves. On the other hand, this passage is not saying regeneration precedes faith. The argument goes like this. Because Abraham was circumcised in the heart before he was circumcised in the flesh as an external sign, then he was therefore regenerated before faith. But the problem with this argument is that faith must be heard and also properly understood before one can be regenerated by the Holy Spirit. This doesn't mean the individual contributes to their salvation by having faith. It is just the natural order by which God saves us. Faith leads to regeneration, regeneration leads to action, and action leads to sanctification and spiritual growth. It is impossible to be born again without first having faith to believe. Let us read Romans chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. For the promise to Abraham and to his offspring that he should be heir of the world wasn't through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, Faith is made void, and the promise is made of no effect. For the law produces wrath. For where there is no law, neither is there disobedience. Before the law of Moses was given to the Israelites at Mount Sinai, the Lord had already cut a covenant with Abraham. He told Abraham that through his offspring, many would be blessed. Genesis chapter 12. This promise of righteousness therefore did not come on stone tablets, 
but occurred before the law was instituted. Abraham believed God's promises, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Galatians 3.18 confirms this truth. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise, but God, in his grace, gave it to Abraham through a promise. While the law brings wrath and condemnation, faith points us to the promise and fulfillment of what Jesus did for us on the cross. 1 Corinthians 15.56 states, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. Obviously, the law is not sin. Rather, the law points us to our inability to satisfy its demands, and therefore condemnation is the consequence apart from the promise of God and the atoning sacrifice of Christ. Let us read now Romans chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. For this cause it is of faith, that it may be according to grace, to the end that the promise may be sure to all the offspring, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. This is in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls the things that are not as though they were. Besides hope, Abraham in hope believed to the end that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had he had been spoken, so will your offspring be. The promise depends on faith because of grace. The entire world has been offered this gift of hope because Abraham is the father of us all, the father of many nations. Therefore, every person has the opportunity to partake in the gospel of grace by trusting in the one who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Romans 10.13 says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be brought from death and into life. Let us read Romans 4, chapter 4, verses 19 through 22. Without being weakened in faith, he didn't consider his own body, already having been worn out, he being about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet looking to the promise of God, he did not waver through unbelief, but grew strong through faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Therefore, it was also credited to him for righteousness. Abraham was a good role model. Even when his own body grew weary and old, his faith did not waver. When Sarah could not initially bear children, Abraham continued to trust in the promises of God. He knew that all the nations would be blessed through his seed and this would someday become a reality. He did not entertain unbelief. In fact, Abraham grew stronger in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that that the Lord would do exactly what he had promised. No matter how difficult circumstances are or how unlikely a promise might be made, never lose hope. Matthew 19, 26 says that with God all things are possible. Let us read the final verses, Romans chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. Now it was not written that it was accounted to him for his sake alone, but for our sake also, to whom it will be accounted, who believe in him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered up for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. 
faith is defined as complete trust or confidence in someone or something. When we demonstrate to God that we have faith in Him, He counts this as righteousness, morally right or justifiable. How can merely trusting in the Lord acquit us from the sins we have committed? Because it matters who we place our faith in. If it's in our own obedience to the law, we will fail. If it's in our own righteousness, we stand condemned. However, when we believe in Him who was raised from the dead, Jesus of Nazareth, our faith is counted as righteousness. For Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. For Jesus knew no sin, and He became sin for us, so that we would receive the righteousness by faith. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Have a wonderful day.